stress is a temporary fuel for a focused purpose. And that once that's over, we add stress by ruminating about how that deadline went, how everybody felt about it. Will anyone buy our product? And the internalization of that importance of all of that Mm -hmm. is where we get the burnout from. Midlife ladies. This is the Dear Midlife Podcast. Unapologetic girl talk that will help you remember who you are and figure out who in the hell you want to become. I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, single mom, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired woman full of sass, sparkle, and a heavy dose of black girl magic. So grab a glass and let's dive into the messy middle. Shelby, you know, I I don't I don't think I like myself very much right now. Oh, what do you mean? Why? I am just so tired. And when I get so tired because I have so much shit going on at work, then I have no energy to manage my emotions. And then I say all of the things that I don't want to say to people because I have zero filter. And I feel like I am such a bitch, but we know that I am not a bitch. No. Un- I mean, unless I want to be a bitch, then we know that I can absolutely <laughs> be a, a raging be a bitch. bitch. Yes. But I don't want to be a bitch with my colleagues because I love them. But I am the coach and we are all learning new habits. And sometimes I am just so tired and I just don't have the energy or the patience to deal anymore. Mm. That is a lot of extra, you know what? And I feel the same way, you know, for me, I I was thinking about this. Like I had a job since I was 12 Mm. years old. Mm -mm -mm. So I fucking started to hustle when I was in high school and I was working a job. I was helping to raise my siblings. I was doing all the things with school. And then I actually got into the real world and then I hustled some more and I felt like I had to prove myself. Yeah. And then I hustled at my, you know, a new job because I was changing industries and I felt like I had to prove myself and I was working as a consultant and I was always bending over backwards to meet Mm. clients needs. And then I started having kids and then I was working in a male dominated industry and I hustled even harder because I wanted to show my male counterparts that I could juggle all the fucking balls and have babies and do the job and do the job fucking well. And now that I am damn near fitty, 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 (laughs) I am so fucking tired after a lifetime of hustle and proving myself over and over. And I'm just too fucking tired to hustle anymore. Amanda Ortega, help us, please. Help us, Amanda. Man, this is right on time. Totally. Ladies, our, our guest today is an author, speaker, certified professional coach, and her mission in life is to help crazy ass high achievers <laughs> like us prevent burnout by cultivating a healthy approach to success. Yes. Amanda's new book, Inward to Upward, Discover your blueprint for true success and escape the toxic success trap forever. Mm. Offers a guidebook for ambitious professionals 
to redefine success, which I love this idea for themselves so we can achieve greater calm, balance, and fulfillment in our lives. And you know, Amanda's mission is it's to change the way that we view our self-worth and this collective definition of success in our society that is so hard to live with and live up to. (laughs) And in our episode today, she raises awareness of our state of chronic stress and our underlying belief that stress, stress is actually the fuel behind our success. But guess what, Shelby? Our level of stress, it is not helping us to be more successful, honey. No, no, no shit. It is not. And you know what? It's fucking actually burning us out and making us sick, Mm. physically sick. Yep. You know, we're not the only ambitious, high achievers out there who are unhappy, I would guess. So why do we call this success? Mm. I mean, the definition of toxic success trap is a cycle of achievement in which we pursue external goals at the expense of our own fucking well-being. Over and over and over. Over and over again. And like me and like you, as we advance in our careers, this idea of performance can just pull us out of alignment with our true selves and ultimately damage our innate self-worth. So Amanda is here to help us and help our listener break free of this fucking toxic cycle. Seriously. So Amanda, teach us, teach Teach us us. how to return (laughs) to our authentic self ourself with a capital S, right? And Mm. separate ourselves from this external performance and fucking dog and pony show that we pull (laughs) off every day, albeit Mm -hmm. to our own demise. Yeah, I know I, for one, Shelby, I am so ready to stop defining success transactionally and to actually honor the fact that I am so much more than what I produce. You are, baby. I love you. I love you. Oh, so raise your hand out there. If you, <laughs> I got both of my hands up. Yes. Two feet, two, feet hands. <laughs> the two hands, the two handed raise. Yes. If you are feeling the same burnout. And if you are, please listen to this episode. Yeah. Leave us. A five-star review and let us know how this episode helps you stop your own insanity Mm -hmm. and know that we are right there next to you with both of our hands raised Yes, and trying to shed ourselves of this hustle culture together. Yeah. So you can join the same community. We can link arms together. So that we have a support system as we move away from bad habits and old patterns that no longer serve us Mm -hmm. and move closer toward our authentic life. And you can find our community by 
finding our website at dearmidlife.com or finding us on Facebook. And now let's enjoy the wisdom of Amanda Ortega as she leads us to freedom, freedom from our fucking selves. (laughs) Amanda, welcome. Today, we welcome to the show Amanda Ortega. Amanda, thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Amanda. Hi, I'm so excited to be here with you ladies today. We are excited. Yes. Thank you so much for being here because as Trinity was alluding before we jumped into our conversation, we desperately need your help. You have (laughs) recently written a book called Inward to Upward, Discover Your Blueprint for True Success and Escape the Toxic Success Trap Forever. Give us free. Give us free. Show us the way to freedom, baby. Yes. Um, The Underground Railroad, baby. (laughs) Let's do it. So first of all, I would love to know what your definition of this toxic success trap is and how the hell do we get out of it forever? Absolutely. Yes. So one thing I want to preface this with is my book is about my burnout journey and my recovery. Mm -hmm. And I spent almost 30 years as a strategist. So I used the last half of the book to give everyone a blueprint. So like a roadmap for getting, you know, getting out of it themselves. And that is, it doesn't mean that my book is about quitting your job. So I want to clarify that not everybody has to quit their job in order to escape the trap because the trap really isn't a place. The trap is really a mindset and an approach to success that is unsustainable. So mm. we, I have, I have many clients. It's probably about 50, 50 where uh, they either want to figure out act two of life. They're over their career. They, they really don't even know how they got where they are and they mm-hmm. want to start something new that just feels more aligned with who they are. Right. So that's about half. The other half really is still going. I mean, they're, they're still mm. getting promoted. You know, they're, they're, up in those, you know, higher leadership roles. And they just want to enjoy their lives. Like they just want to, they want to lead with calm presence. They don't want to be that freaked out, stressed out boss. First of all, they, they, you know, they don't want to, you know, riddle themselves with self-doubt and ruminating. They don't want to lose sleep. They don't want to, you know, drink too much, you know, all the things, right? All the things that I've done, all of them. Um, I'm dead because you are so talking about me, ladies. It's okay. (laughs) Just sit down, take, take the bullet, take the bullet right now. I know. I think we all feel seen when we, when we talk about this. Um, Exactly. And so I think the short answer would be the toxic success trap is best defined as a belief yeah. That stress is necessary. Hmm. Okay, so we can unpack that if you'd like. Hmm. And also a belief that success is a trade-off of current day suffering for future happiness. Yeah, 100%. 100%. That's the trap. So why do we think that we have to be stressed out? Why is this mandatory in order for us to reach success inside of our minds, right? This is the the lie our our big brain tells us. Why is that? I mean, all I can say is our culture is sort of based on an undercurrent of that messaging. So if you really kind of look around, it's in, first of all, as we all know, the media is all about not good enough, right? So it's all about like 
if you only had this, if you if your if your neck was just firmer, you'd be so much happier or no, if not true. <laughs> right or whatever <laughs> and it's everywhere and it's and you can even try to escape it but the ads are are there everywhere um not good enough is really what our cultural belief system is right and i'm i mean i'm full disclosure i'm a capitalist okay like i'm an entrepreneur yeah. I, I i'm a real estate investor you know i've been successful in the corporate world i've been you know consultant so i'm not about you know selling all your possessions and moving to the tiny house down by the river that's not my that's not my thing Right. However, we I'd like have... to do it a, one month out of the year. Is yes, that's where well, I want to be. Yeah, or in Tuscany, right? Like that would right. be or nice, there. Right? I'm okay with that too. <laughs> but I, I really think that we have done ourselves such a disservice with this mixed message in our culture, which is mm-hmm. the American dream is the pursuit of happiness. But what is it that our parents, our caregivers, our teachers, our everyone around us is telling us not to do? pursue happiness. By God, mm-hmm. don't pursue happiness because that's unsafe, unstable. Yeah. Um, and you know, it comes from a good place. It comes from a good place because the thought process is, I don't want you to suffer. I don't yeah. want you to be a starving, you know, artist or actor or whatever it is, right? I want you to be a doctor or a lawyer and that's the right way, right? So we have this whole mixed message where in our culture, we look up to the people that took the big risks Mm-hmm. But we don't really support each other in taking the big risks. Mm-hmm. 100%. So I, I think the undercurrent really is a message of fear over faith. You know, what's interesting is I was raised in, you know, by the world's biggest hippie, right? Total, <laughs> I mean, commune life. Like we were living that life down by the river, bitch. Let me be super, super <laughs> clear. And yet here I am. She was like, go chase joy and happiness Mm. and butterflies. Live your life with the butterflies in the wild. And here I am stuck in the fucking toxic success strap. Trap. Strap. Anyway. (laughs) Um, You're strapped into the trap. I'm strapped into the trap. (laughs) But I think my, my journey there, although it didn't start with that same foundation you just described, I sat on the outskirts as a young child saying, well, wouldn't it be nice if our lives weren't so chaotic and I knew which trailer we were going to sleep in every night and I knew what our dinners Mm -hmm. were going to be, you know, fuck that. I'm becoming a capitalist and I'm never going to worry about money again. And you know, that is, I think what created that inside of me to never have those experiences of lack or Mm -hmm. not feeling secure with my surroundings. And you deserve to feel secure and you also deserve to um, have an abundance of, you know, wealth and, you know, whatever it is that you want to pursue. Yeah. I think not at a trade off, not at a toxic trade off, not at a I will go ahead and suffer now because I know that I'll rest on the weekend or I'll be happy in retirement or I'll. Right. So it's the inability to sit still and the feeling that I'm never good enough and I've got to keep going, keep going and. You know, I mean, I've changed my mindset and my approach to success, but I'm still an achiever and I'm still I'm still ambitious. You know, I just finished Mm -hmm. writing a book, you know, and I have a business. Mm -hmm. So I think my message really is to challenge ourselves to trust, I think, calm presence as a way to actually do two things. You can A, enjoy your life more and B, you can actually be more successful. Mm. 
I also have a research background, so I really, I'm, mm. I have a woo-woo side, but I really like to always come back to facts and research and, and evidence. And I just finished a neuroscience class, and it just validated a lot of what I've been seeing, you know, what I've been researching about stress and burnout. And we actually do have a place in our mind that is like a higher mind, right? Mm. And it really does, that place in our mind allows us creativity and belief in abundance, and it, it actually deprograms that fear of scarcity, which by the way, was probably a good fire under you initially. Yeah. But, but it, to live that way behaviorally, that's yeah. where it becomes toxic because stress is toxic. <laughs> Any fire that burns too long will exactly It'll take you down, right? For so, sure. So I think just that, like, there's this trick that you can start with and you can shift. You can kind of like gain awareness. Am I in that fear mode? Am I in that survival mode? Am I trying to use <laughs> stress as a fuel right now? And it's not necessary to use stress as a fuel. It's only supposed to be a short-term fuel. It's only supposed to yeah, be an yeah. urgent situation. So to am get I away actually... from the bear. That's right. all you That's need all it for. That's all it's for. Bear's right? gone. Chill out now. <laughs> And we don't chill out now. We and don't. that's really kind of one of the one of the secrets right there is the, hey, I would rather not stress, 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 pocket of rest. I would rather rest, rest, stress, 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 pocket of stress in my life. And I think in midlife, which is really what we're all here talking about, we, we definitely burned the fire too long. Let's just face it. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, it's really getting old. It's getting old to hustle, lose sleep, feel, you know, unhealthy feel unhappy, feel afraid, to be driven by fear. Okay, maybe in our early days, like the paying the dues phase, right? Like the hazing yes. ritual of the professional world, right? We're kind of at a point where we can actually learn a different way. And we can kind of establish a calm default. Trust that. I think trusting it and believing it, that's the hard part, right? That's the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then that was my question is, yes. how do we access that calm presence? How do we, you know, tap into that place in our brain that you were saying that allows us to maintain that level of calm over time and then deal with the stress when the stress happens, but not live in the space of stress? How do we get there? What's Perfect the description of the ideal life, right? Right. So what I've learned is that we can gain a lot by shifting to neutral. That's what I call it. Mm. So, you know, you know, the old cars with the stick shifts mm -hmm. and there was like a neutral, well, they're still in neutral. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, um, they're still, know. they still make yeah. those. They believe still it or have not. A, a neutral setting. When you go through the car wash, you have to go to neutral. Right. So shifting to neutral becomes like sort of a mental muscle that we start to work out. Sort of like when you go to, you know, um, a hit class and you work out certain muscles, you're going to, you're going to start saying, I want to work this muscle out. It's my shift okay. muscle. So what it, takes is identifying it in your body, you know, you start to realize my shoulders are up here or my, you know, like I'm sitting weird or, I, you know, yeah. I can't really notice my feet on the ground. So they call that somatic awareness, but just kind of start to become very, very aware of what you don't want to feel like. Mm. And you know how, and a side note, we've always been told thoughts are valid and feelings are not valid. It's actually, I, I challenge people to kind of flip that. Because thoughts can be completely destructive at I this point. I hundred percent believe in what you're saying right now. Yeah. Your feelings and, will lead you to what's right? really going on in the places your thoughts don't access. Exactly. And to know how you want to feel and to feel like you deserve to feel that way is a good yes. first step, right? Like, 
I don't need to ignore all the pain in my body and keep pressing forward. I can actually say, no, my happiness is important now. And I would actually like to feel differently than this. And I don't want to feel hungover and I don't want to feel, you know, exhausted. And I don't want to have eight cups of coffee a day. My life shouldn't require all that. Like, you know, I'm sure that if there is a time in our life where we're in grief or different things, then stress is the fuel. I get that. But, but normal, normally, I think we need to challenge ourselves to say, does my body feel the way I want to feel? And if not, I need to go to my mind and see if my mind is causing Mm. unnecessary stress because there's necessary stress out there and there's not, you know, stress is a gift. It's a, it's a fuel, it's a short-term fuel. It's useful when it's useful, but it's not necessary all the time. So am I using it right now? And it's not necessary. It's not even helping me. Have you ever been where you're trying to get something done and you're at the keyboard and your shoulders are up and you're like, I need to get this thing, this creative idea out. You know what? Go take a walk. Go take I won't a walk. even let my, I won't even let myself go pee. I'll be like, no, you've not earned a pee break yet. Right. <laughs> right. We think we're earning rest. We think we're earning peace. We think we're earning happiness and it's actually not ever going to come if we don't behaviorally learn to be happy and to be at peace, it is hard. It's taken me two years, by the way. It's a long time coming for me to get to where this is my default. Okay, so back to your question. So then you've got your awareness, right? You're like, I don't feel like how I want to feel. This is not how I want to feel right now. Okay. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to see where is my, where's my thought? Where, where's my mind focus? Is it on judgment or fear of judgment? Is it on um, pressure, um, some imagined pressure? Sometimes when we're in survival mode, we, we actually, what happens in our mind is we perceive limited time and resources, whether there's limited time and resources or not. Have you ever had that feeling? All the time, every day, twice on Tuesdays. Every day. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, am I operating out of my fear center? Yeah. And can I and through breath work. So think about breathing deeply. Also notice your breath. Definitely notice your breath all day, every day, because the shortness of breath is an indicator that you're living out of that fear center and you're operating from, from stress as fuel and it's going to burn you out. Mm -hmm. If you can catch yourself breathing slowly or doing breathing exercises, which you can find on YouTube. I do box breathing. I have all kinds of breathing things that Mm -hmm. I do, but that actually can take you to that neutral. So the neutral place is, and this is so fascinating. I just absolutely love this. This is what I call the self-coaching skill. This is where you're going and accessing your higher mind so that you can coach yourself and give, get yourself out of this mess, right? So you go to neutral and you, and you let go of needing to control the outcomes. Okay. It is a mental process. It is going to take practice. So this is, you know, maybe we can do this in an hour. Maybe it's going to take, you know, take some practice. But you you move to a curiosity. Hmm. So you you think about like what does a researcher do? They sit back and they observe and they're curious. Okay, so that's a superpower because if we can yes. be participants in our lives and observers in our life at the same time, we can operate out of our higher mind, and we can actually let go of everything triggering us. Right. So so we suddenly we can go. Oh, that's interesting. My ex-husband just walked in and my stomach hurt. That's mm. interesting. And you start to try to think of things as data points, mm. right? And then working with, you know, if a therapist, a coach, a friend, accountability partner, trying to do it yourself, I think it's good to try to get some support. 
you set up yourself little experiments to make changes in your life. So everybody talks about goals, right? I'm kind of tired of goals. I'm like, okay, goals, you know, you could just dig a yeah. hole of goals forever, right? <laughs> I mean, I know There's I There's another could, goal right? I didn't complete. Right? Good job, Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, and the checklist, right? So, so this is more about experiments because the brain loves evidence. I love so, this. Right? And so yeah. you kind of go into your life. And what I love, I actually really love having corporate clients because the greatest Petri dish in the world is their calendar for the next week, mm -hmm. right? They've already got like really tangible little Petri dishes like, oh, Wednesday, I've got a really difficult meeting with these two guys that intimidate the hell out of me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to, I'm going to practice this, this wow. theory, this new theory I have about how I can show up and the world's not going to fall apart. Wow. That makes sense. It does make sense. I love that. I love the idea of curiosity because I, I, I think I tend towards curiosity naturally, but I would say in those really stressful times, I don't give myself permission to operate there. And I really go into this forced mode of figure it out, fix it, figure it out, fix it mm -hmm. without stepping back, breathing into it and observing. And, and it's, you know, again, being born and raised by the world's greatest hippie, you know, breathing practices like that was that's what we did for dinner when I was five, you know, that was just natural life. And so I have this strange dichotomy between my hippie side, my woo woo side, as mm -hmm. you like to call it, mm -hmm. and then the corporate frenzy the corporate shark pen of of life and i up until now i've not allowed those two to intersect but what you're saying and what i feel like i'm hearing you say is that there's beauty in allowing these two different mm -hmm. planes to cross over and, and you've got both look at you what a miracle that might be it is and you've got Midlife is a great time to say, all right, I'm going to ditch these things yeah, that didn't work. Because I don't I'm give a fuck what you think about me anymore. Exactly. <laughs> My 50th birthday, I stopped caring. Exactly. Um, but I love what you're saying. It gave me goosebumps to hear that you've got these two sources of wisdom and that you don't have to give either of them up. And there's, oh, you know what you don't have to do anymore? What? There doesn't have to be tension between them anymore. Mm. You can hold space for two things that used to feel opposing. Yeah. In yourself. Wow. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. What do you think about that, Shelby? I think that's going to be hard. And okay. here's why I'm sitting here wondering, is this actually really possible? Is true balance between these two juxtaposed mindsets really possible? And the reason that I say that is because, and I, you know, maybe I am hyperinflating the level of stress in the organization in which we operate, but we are yeah. a small sort of startup kind of company that's been around for 40 plus years. Let me just say that out loud. But <laughs> a lot of starting. <laughs> starting over and over again. <laughs> and we're under-resourced and mm. we are truly hair on fire almost all of every the time. day, all of the time to accommodate clients' needs and the well-being of our entire corporation, I feel oftentimes sits on our shoulders because we are delivering the product to the client. Mm -hmm. And okay. that is what 
continues to weigh on my mind. Mm -hmm. And I, I hear you when you say, take a moment and step back from that situation and breathe and ask yourself, what's, is this coming from fear or where is this coming from? Where is this perceived stress? But the perceived stress is coming from the deliverable deadline that I have. And I know that there's only so many hours in a day. And there's no one to help you get it done. And there's no one to help me get it done. And I fear it is not going to get done. I mean, yes. Mm-hmm. I think and what happens if it doesn't? Is- what happens if it doesn't? And there's there's a re- real repercussions. Yeah. There, there really are real repercussions. So Shelby, I was gonna just say um, one thing is in an organization. So I don't know who your senior leadership is. Who's your senior leadership? Is that you? <laughs> so what I would say is in any organization, the senior leadership sets the energy and tone of the organization. Mm-hmm. And so you're you're describing to me one example of when stress might be necessary. So I'm going to go ahead and give you that. I've got clients who are first responders. They run into the building when we're running out of the building. I'm not going to tell those people to start meditating in the middle of a shootout, right? But what we do, and I'll tell you what I do, and this might help you, is we, I have a marketing and product background, so I may overlap some of the stuff you guys you guys focus on and I've been with the deadlines and the things and actually really felt like my entire identity was wrapped up in on-time delivery and high quality Mm -hmm. and excellence okay that's another story for another day but what we do let's take a first responder client cortisol is required for their job Mm -hmm. they they have signed up for that and maybe you could say to yourself I want to be in this this is what I want to be in but cortisol is going to be required for some of you know it's it's a startup environment there's going to be these delivery pressures right so what we do is we take your day parts which is a marketing term and we look at your whole day and we go honest be honest with yourself how much unnecessary stress could you relieve throughout that day so that you're only using it when you need to use it I think that's where I would take you is I'm not talking about never having stress. I'm talking Mm -hmm. about understanding that stress is a temporary fuel for us for a focused purpose. And that once that's over, we add stress by ruminating about how that deadline went, how everybody felt about it. Will anyone buy our product? And the internalization of that importance of all of that Mm -hmm. is where we get the burnout from, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. So I don't know if that's helping to paint a picture between necessary stress and unnecessary stress. Or, or a resilience of bouncing back from temporary situations where stress might be helpful. Mm-hmm. I th- you know, I think I said before, stress is useful. It's actually helpful, mm-hmm. but it's not an all day affair and it's not a way to live our lives. And I do think we place the self-imposed timelines and outcome expectations on ourselves or allow them to be placed on us without pushing back when they're unrealistic and saying, no, here's the timeline in which this can be done. Um, Or here's the timeline that I'm going to put on everyone else. Am I the one creating Mm -hmm. unrealistic expectations for everyone else in my life or at work? Mm -hmm. Yes, sometimes I am. Mm -hmm. And being okay with acknowledging that, pushing back, um, not saying yes to everything Um, which is also, I think, a huge contributor to the pain that we feel. 
And, you know, you said earlier, I think that might be innate to women a lot at times too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Because you know what, when, when you said earlier, we think, oh, I'll, I'll rest when I'm retired or I'll rest on the weekend. Mm -hmm. We don't rest on the weekend. I don't think there's hardly probably a listener out here who rests on the weekend because now when we're not being women in our day jobs trying to rule the world. Mm-hmm. Now it's like we have to make everybody at home happy and, you know, don't screw up the dinner and make sure that the kids are going to be having fun and make sure that your husband's a- I wasn't napping. What do you mean? Did I look like I was napping? No, I was mm-hmm. just simply sitting down to clean this armrest on the couch with you my know, eyes closed, <laughs> with my eyes closed for only two seconds because I had to pray about it. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know, it's just ridiculous. These pressures that mm-hmm. we we allow ourselves to live under. But I think the realization Shelby is that we allow ourselves to live under them. And so we have to say, what are the areas that I can shift this dial enough to push back, to gain control, to say in this space, I don't need to No, it's no, but if you don't get this by September 11th, (laughs) nobody's going to die. Let's create something realistic. Mm Mm-hmm. That was the worst analogy I've ever given in my life. It said September 11th and nobody's going to die in the same sentence. Oh, my it's ap- okay. I- my apologies all. <laughs> well, and she's saying that because that meant. was the recent deadline that we had yeah. for the like all important mm. project. That was that deliverable that we had to meet for the client's needs. And there was a lot of pressure and there yeah. were a lot of moving mm. parts from the client. And I do feel like there would have been severe repercussions if that you know, deliverable mm-hmm. hadn't been completed by that said deadline. And so I think, you know, I agree with you, Trinity, to some extent. I think, you know, in our personal lives, it seems a little bit easier for us to step back. And great case in point is that my daughter has a cross-country meet this weekend. And the cross-country meet will take me at least an hour to drive to the cross-country meet. And then she runs for 30 minutes. And then I have to drive an hour home. And then she's staying after the meet with a friend in that area to spend the day shopping and and playing. And then I'm driving back out to the same location and then back home. So that is four hours out of my day. And I said to her this morning, I said, you know, I don't think I'm going to be at your cross country meet on Saturday morning. And she was like, but why wouldn't you be there? And this is a new thing for her. And she's, you know, she's excited. I am like the sole support for her. So then I had to step back and say, well, do I need to be there? Oh my gosh. What if I'm not there? Um, You know, is she going to feel unsupported? And, you know, we have other dynamics in our household where her father is not present right now. And so I feel a lot of that pressure here I go. I'm going to cry. Are you ready? Vicky like voice real, but that pressure is real. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And it's accompanied by a guilt as well, which, which adds even greater pressure on you. Yes, that is true. So, you know, I hear that I can step back mm-hmm. and take a breath and say, you know, is she going to die if I don't show up at the cross country practice or the cross country meet? Or what is really the true impact? You know, is is it worth 
her feeling supported. Like what's more important, her feeling supported or my sanity, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And I think this is a very real, yeah. you know, I think it's a very real circumstance that women like me are faced with every single day. And so we put our heads down and we get in that damn car and we drive for four hours in Mm -hmm. a day and set aside all the other stuff or then don't set aside all the other stuff because the other stuff still has to get done. The groceries have to get bought the, you know, all the Mm -hmm. things have to get done. So, you know, I know that you said you have a blueprint. (laughs) (laughs) So where does this fit on my roadmap here? And how do you advise women in these very real situations Mm -hmm. achieve better balance and maybe set aside the guilt or get through the guilt or Mm -hmm. the shame or the, the narratives that we say in our head, Mm -hmm. you know, when we stop and ask ourselves these questions, where is this coming from? And the answer is it's coming from guilt. It's coming from fear. Mm -hmm. It's coming from shame. How do we get beyond that? Yes. Is the question. And I mean, so much of what you just described, I just want you to know, I was a single mother for five years my mother died when I was 21 and I, my dad left when I was 15 and I was trying to raise my younger siblings for my teen years. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> totally unqualified for that job. Um, longer story another day, I guess, but fear drove my success yeah. in the first half of my life. I call it act one. I would picture literally myself under a bridge with a shopping cart. And I was successful, you guys. Like, I mean, you know, they talk about the top 1%. I mean, I was doing real well financially, right? Mm. But I was miserable and living in fear. And I never, ever felt like I was a good enough mom, um, manager. You know, everyone seemed to be relying on me. And I never felt that I was really, I mean, I guess perfectionism was really kind of part of it. So yeah. one thing I want to see if this helps, because I don't want to say it's easy because it isn't anything I'm talking about is not easy. You know, um, have you ever seen the wheel of life? Like uh, a lot of coaches use it. A lot of therapists mm-hmm. use it. And it sort of like looks like the uh, trivial pursuit pie, you yeah. know, with the little mm-hmm. slots. And and a lot of times what they'll do is they'll give you the circle and they'll say, all right, let's talk about balance. And they'll say, okay, this is family. This is finance. This is social life. This is, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Each okay, spoke so you got, of the wheel is. Yeah, romance, whatever. Some spoke aspects, of the wheel, yes. right? And then you're supposed to rate yourself on a scale from one to 10 of how happy you are, how important that is to you. And if you can visualize that wheel for a moment, hopefully this help, helpful, it helps me, is I used to think of balance as having the right to attack to-do lists in all of those areas. (laughs) And nobody was going to tell me I could only have a to-do list in the work bucket. I was going to have a big to-do list over here and I was going to have a big to-do list over there. I was going to host Thanksgiving and I was going to be, you know, and I was going to do it all, right? And I was going to excel in all of these areas. And I think I realized one day that I really was defining balance as juggling friggin' bowling balls in the air. Like wow. I was just, you know, and you should have seen me hosting Thanksgiving. I couldn't enjoy that meal. There's no mm. way. Cause if the turkey had to be perfectly moist and the, right. you know, and you know how hard it is to make a friggin' moist turkey. I mean, it's, I, I have a good recipe. Not if you deep fry it. Not if you deep fry it. 
And I think I'm afraid of the deep fryer too. So, oh, all right. I'll teach so you. So if you think of that wheel for a moment, okay, and you put yourself in the center of that wheel. Mm -hmm. So you carve out a friggin' other circle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's you. So there's no, those points don't meet anymore. There's a circle in the middle and that's you. Okay. What okay. is your mindset and your approach to your life? And if it's, if it's to excel in all those areas or to be perfect in all of those areas or to try to be good enough in all of those areas, my guess is how you do anything is how you do everything at some point, sure. right? So my guess is that there's somewhere in the middle of that circle where calm presence could do you some good. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's even before you've prioritized or made decisions about what you're going to do. So it's not really about this one Saturday. Yeah. Although, although you could use this one Saturday as a Petri dish and you could, you could just use it. Go ahead and do all that crazy commitment that you've set yourself mm -hmm. up for and take notes. Get your, where's my notebook? Be, be curious note. while be you're a doing researcher. It. Yeah. Become that curious observer. Um, Eckhart Tolle calls it watch the thinker. It's really worth researching that technique because it is just the best self-coaching technique. You can you can be your own coach. Like you can mm -hmm. you can drive and you can go, my mind's wandering to a million things. That's interesting. Let me think about that. Let me observe that happening. How does that feel in my body? And if mm -hmm. that exhausts you to even think about doing all that curiosity, maybe get a good night's sleep the night before. <laughs> Take right. some Ambien or whatever you got to do, <laughs> you know, get, but, um, but that tool is going to give you so much data. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like too, another thing I would like to offer is the belief that we deserve success, our definition of success to include our well-being. At a much higher priority than we place it right now. Your schedule would be so much different if that was like part of your definition of success and that, and I, mm -hmm. I, it's so hard you guys. Cause I have been there with the whole sleeping mm -hmm. on the couch and, Oh, I was just dusting this corner. I've been there. <laughs> I, I quit my job in 2021 from burnout and I was the breadwinner of my family, mm -hmm. you know, and I would cry because I thought I was letting my family down. I was like, I have two kids in college. Yeah. Right. Um, and we've adjusted, but, you know, we have a nice house and a nice neighborhood, you know, like all the things, you know, the suburban amenities, the travel. We just took a trip to Europe this summer. My kids want to do stuff. I feel like I want to give them that well-rounded, you know, full, all the opportunities, you know, mm -hmm. we're not extravagant, but it's hard to let go of those things that earn us the money to have the things. Yeah. But I just stepped back and I said, I want the things, but not at the expense of my well-being. So now how does everything look? Mm -hmm. How does that circle look? Do I even host Thanksgiving anymore? Mm -hmm. I, you know, so everything sort of pivoted around my new definition of success and my new firm belief that my self-worth is innate and is not dependent on performance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like your analogy of placing yourself in the middle of that wheel. The very first thing I thought about is, oh, well, now I'm just dizzy because I'm trying to do all of those things. And That's so by doing. doing all of those things, I'm in the middle of that wheel, just spinning in circles. And wearing ourselves the I hell feel. out. Yeah. yeah. Why? But if I can control that. There's no control. And you know what? There's no one waiting at the end of our life with a trophy either. No. 
And I hear all this. And I think, you know, the thing that's weighing on my mind right now is that you do have other people in your life that are depending on you. So then mm-hmm. if your own well-being is at the center of everything that you do, how do you reconcile that with the people who are depending on you? How do I reconcile mm-hmm. the fact that I'm not going to the cross-country meet with my daughter who will be disappointed if I'm not there? But how I do mean, I yeah. create that boundary so that my well-being is cared for and her needs are cared for? I mean, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I now I'm going to go to this story I tell my clients and they are always like, what are you talking about? But let's go to Africa for a moment to the watering hole. Okay. Mm -hmm. And let's look at the lioness, right? And she's hunting for her family. I mean, I can't imagine anyone that has more at stake and needs to use stress, Mm -hmm. right? She has a need for stress. She has got to kick in that stress response to chase that antelope across the Serengeti. I'm, I don't even know if it's the Serengeti. It I, sounds I need so to do, right. It sounds so, so yeah. good. <laughs> it going. sounds really We love this. You know, the circle of life, right? The song starts right. <laughs> okay. So guess what? She, on average, rests 21 hours per day. Oh, wow. Did you know that? No. Okay. So like when I'm challenging us, all of us, I'm telling us what I've found that nature has designed us to be. Mm. So even if someone's dependent on you, they're not dependent on you to burn yourself out or stress all day. That's not how we're designed. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Am I, am I selling you? Am I would getting you? you? Do you, <laughs> would you like the antelope for dinner this week, daughter of ours? <laughs> or I can go and to the track meet and then you can fend for yourself the rest mm-hmm. of the week for dinner right. which which will it be and choices is a great and i love that trinity is choices are really great for kids mm-hmm. my kids are very spoiled okay i do a lot for them i mean you know i'm really right here i'm like a doormat they can just walk all over me and so yeah. i mean we and, get it, this. and that's we a choice it. i think i'm making that choice i didn't have that so i'm, I'm trying yeah. to be that mm-hmm. little overly you know too much but I do, I actually coach my kids, yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel sorry for them now. They have a coach for mom, but, um, you know, I'm always like, how do you feel, you know, on a scale from yes. one to 10, how are you feeling about that? You know, oh, my son does four. this now to his friends and I hear him and I'm like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're teaching them mental health, but choices is also a way to do it. And so maybe even, okay. So like Shelby, will this work for you? I don't know. I'm going to give you a tactical this is what I would do kind of thing, mm-hmm. but you can strategist is coming out. Right. Like, tell me if no, that's not going to work for my daughter or whatever, or for this Saturday. But let's say um, the explanation is there's, I'm driving there four times, you know, there's four literal hours of driving and I actually will get, you know, really exhausted or I've got, mm-hmm. you know, I really need my Saturday to rest. So the way I've decided to do that daughter is I've decided to choose, you know, to drive these two times and not these two times. And that Mm -hmm. was kind of what I came up with. Do you have another idea for how that, how that could go? Or do you have some input on that? Because if it's more important for you that I attend the match in the morning, maybe the shopping gets out, you know, so maybe making them a part of the decision, but also, I mean, I really think it's okay. You know how we get all guilty and victimy as moms. So when we, we go way up and we're taking care of everybody and they go way down and we're like, oh, nobody appreciates me. Okay. Like yes. that's, you know, totally 100%. happens to me once a week at least. <laughs> so um, trying to avoid that is to stay somewhere hovering in the middle and being like, you know, 
navigating my well-being and navigating rest and all these things are so mm-hmm. much a part of me being a successful parent to you, co-worker to Trinity, you know, boss, mom, whatever, all these things. And so as you see me making these choices, I want you to know there's a thought process that goes into that mm-hmm. so that when you're in that position, when you grow up, I don't want you to burn out and I don't want you to be stressed. And I mean, you can even blame the culture. You know, this society is selling us a bunch of garbage and I'm over wow. it and I'm going to protect us from that by making better choices and mm-hmm. like make her a part of a decision. I don't know how old she is, but my yeah, nine-year-old has. It's okay. easy to do that. Yes. And she's sure. smart and intuitive mm-hmm. and it seems to have great empathy. I I believe that she will hear that and jump into the fold with you, Shelby. Yeah, I can see her accepting that. She'll also say, well, it was your decision to be a mom because that's like her class. That's oh, I get that, too. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. be ready for that. Well, Well, now I've changed my mind, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, But no, I do think that that is a practical approach and definitely one that Mm -hmm. would work with my kids who are 14 and 17. So it really is just about. Communication really is what mm-hmm. it comes down to. Well, and I think influence is important to you right mm-hmm. now. Like I think as you as you evolve over time, you know, different things will be your values. But I think right now you want to influence them in a really positive way. And I'll tell you, who do you think is learning all this stressed out crap right now? Yeah, it's the 14-year-old kid. So yeah. if they're if they get a message from you that calm presence is like something like they've never even heard of, or like however the language comes out for you that feels the most natural. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well-being or talking about those things. Um, I mean, what a gift. Yeah. Agreed. You're breaking yes. the cycle generationally, you know what I mean? Yes. So those are some things yeah. to think about. We're starting to break this stuff, you know, now in midlife as we're in our, you know, getting close to 50 or in our 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we can give our kids the gift of being able to recognize these things and shifting into neutral sooner in their life, practicing those things when they're in their twenties so that when the real stress starts to hit in thirties and forties, they will have that as a practice. Mm-hmm. And yeah, how incredible, how incredible for them. Yeah. And what if we could sure. train our kids to notice what a toxic boss looks like, or oh, a, toxic, mm. a toxic boyfriend or a toxic yeah, girlfriend, exactly. you know, I mean, God, if I could just save my kids from toxicity, yes. that's unnecessary. You know what yes. I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. Yes, a hundred percent. And if our listener wanted to find you, because having you here today has honestly been such a gift and we want also our listener to have the tools that you've shared with us today in hand, how can they find you and how can they get your book? Wonderful. Well, my book's on Amazon. It's in paperback and it's also on Kindle Unlimited. So it's free on Kindle Unlimited. Um, The print book is $14. It's still cheap. Um, And then I'm, I, I have a website. It's called beyondbalancecoaching.com. That's my coaching practice. I'm doing all kinds of new stuff. So in a year, it'll be all different stuff. But I also am on Instagram and I'm trying to test new content there without um, feeling embarrassed and, you know, self-doubt and all the things. And I'm enjoying it. I'm actually enjoying my, my Instagram. So that's at beyondbalance underscore, wait, sorry, at beyondbalance underscore coach. On, that's you on Instagram. That's on Instagram. And I'm, I'm playing around with all different things. I'm putting some videos out there, you know, little inspirational messages, um, some coaching, you know, and it's growing. It's, it's kind of an exciting, creative place for me. 
Yeah, I love that. We're in the same place trying all the <laughs> tips and tools. We need yes. like a teenager to help us with our <laughs> totally media accounts. Absolutely. Anyway, but it's been such a pleasure, Amanda, to have you with us here today. And thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and for, again, diving into real life with us mm -hmm. and giving some practical ways that we can create that calm that we're all looking for. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure meeting both of you. You know, Shelby, this episode was a wake up call for me. There are so many things that I need to decide to change that are no longer serving me for the betterment of my health, my well-being, my mental sanity. And I believe that this is my time. It's my catalyst. Yeah. yeah. So, ladies out there, join with me as we jump on into our top five takeaways. So the first one is this success trap. Listen, it is not a place, but instead it's a mindset. It's an approach to success that frankly is not sustainable. And the definition includes a perception that we think stress is necessary for success. And that current day suffering is our trade-off for future happiness. We have bought that lie, hook, line, and sinker. I know I have bought it. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things in this episode number two that Amanda is trying to help us instead wrap our arms around is to trust that calm can actually help you enjoy your life more and that you can actually be more successful when you embrace this calm presence. Yes. And our third point is, you know, life should not be stress, 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 pocket of calm. Instead, it should be calm, calm, calm pocket of stress calm 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 your your body is equipped to deal with pockets of stress but burnout happens when your body faces chronic stress on the daily and stress is your norm your body doesn't know how to deal with it and that's when we start to see things like dis-ease come into play mm -hmm. yes so four, learn to check in with your body and notice what it's telling you. Are your shoulders hunched up by your ears? Do you have mm -hmm. this pit in your stomach? Because ladies, this is your body in stress. So if you can learn to recognize these symptoms and ask yourself if this level of stress is serving you right now, or if you're operating from what Amanda calls your fear center. And if in fact you are in this space of fear, this pocket of stress or actually chronic stress, really, then we need to learn how to teach ourselves and it will take practice. She guarantees that. Mm -hmm. But if you can learn to downshift into a more neutral space by regulating your breath or taking a short walk, 
then you can start to embody this calm presence on a more regular and sustainable basis. And our fifth point, ladies, when you feel your body move into stress, instead of becoming more stressed out and pushing against it and resisting it, I want you to get curious. Use what you notice as potential triggers as data points. And then set up some experiments, right? Not goals, but experiments to put to practice your new theories about how you can show up differently and prove to yourself and to everybody around you that the world will not fall apart if you step back from this fear center and start walking in a space of more calm because we deserve that. We deserve that. We deserve space. We deserve breath. We deserve places of calm. We deserve these spaces where we can recognize our value, what we bring to the world, who we are, how we show up. And we deserve the right to control that and not be controlled by that through stress and through burnout. And you know, Shelby and I make it part of our mission every week to reach out to you authentically and to share very vulnerable and transparent parts of our lives with you because that's how we want to show up and how we want to show up for you and we want to show up with you. And you know, I know every week we ask you like, leave a review, join our Facebook group, be part of our community. And that may feel like, I don't know, it might feel a little bit unauthentic maybe I don't know but I want you to know how authentic we are about this and connecting with you means something so you don't even have to leave a review you don't have to join a Facebook group you don't have to do any of that but if you want to genuinely and authentically reach out to us baby girl slide into our DMs slide into our DM on Instagram on Facebook if you have a question If you want to talk about something precious to you or or vulnerable for you that you don't want to talk about with others that are in your daily life, you know what? We will actually answer. We will actually join the conversation and work through stuff with you because we care about you. Mm -hmm. And even though we've never met you face to face, you have no idea the tremendous impact that you have had on our lives. And we want to repay the favor by being there for you, being your best girlfriends when you need it, being that kick in the ass when you need it, being that accountability partner if you need it. We're here and we are thankful that you listen and we want you to know that you're also heard. So we hope to hear from you soon. We love you so much. And we can't wait to spend more time with you right here next week in the middle.